Welcome back to the Jim Rat J podcast. In this episode, I chat with Desmond Miles, the founder of Miles Hoop Academy, and our discussion is awesome. He, he's been on here before, but honestly, it was just a great discussion. We had to have him back. We dive deep um, into everything from playing in the zone um, to different NBA stars um, and how they influence the game of basketball. So you guys have a lot to look forward to here. Uh, Forewarning, my microphone isn't going to be perfect for the next while. Um, I am in the middle of moving, so a little improvisation is kind of necessary right now. So I appreciate you guys being understanding with this. Anyway, um, thanks so much for tuning in again. Leave a comment and a review on the platform you choose to listen to your podcasts. Now to the show. Yes, sir. All right. Um, little intro here. So welcome back to Jim Ratchet Podcast, Desmond. Uh, Miles Hoops Academy. How we doing, buddy? Yeah, let's go. Doing good. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, we uh, yeah, round two. Um, so for the the listeners, uh, Des and I took about forty five minutes, probably closer to half an hour to get this yeah. this video call going. Half hour. Yeah. It, we're, it bas- was, we're basketball people. We ain't computer people. No, no, we're not. <laughs> I am not going to any IT school or nothing like that anytime soon. So. Okay. That's all right. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, yes, yeah, it's, it's been a while, dude. Um, what, yeah, what's new? What, what's new? What's been happening? Uh, just uh, still figuring things out with training and stuff. Eventually, you know, one day it'd be nice to have my own gym. So, bounce around. From, yeah, right. Bounce around from gym to gym a little bit, but uh, just uh, still continuing to grow. Um, I don't post a whole lot on social media anymore. Mostly because I don't like it, and also like I uh, a lot of word of mouth to get my clients is like how I've been getting a lot of clients recently. So like it's growing pretty well that way. So I don't feel a lot of pressure to like post on social media. It'd be nice. I need. I probably should just hire somebody, and just at this point, uh, I don't know if I can afford it. So still. in those early grinding stages. <laughs> Honestly, I I don't remember who told me this. It might have been from a book or a podcast or something, but it's like in that er, those early years, that's mm-hmm. when you get that traction and then it's just uphill from there. It's all it's all good yeah. news from there. Um For so sure. are you mainly in Idaho then? Is that like Yeah, I'm mainly in Idaho. Um Every once in a while, I'll get out, go to Texas, do a few things with some uh, students that are they're from Rigby, but they live uh, down in Texas now. But pretty much just in Idaho. I'll get out. I'll get out at some point, but just in Idaho right now. Well, because I'm living over by American Falls right now, and okay. um, that's in Idaho for people that aren't from Idaho. Um, I just remember because you and I both grew up in Idaho. Yeah. And I just I I've always just kind of wondered like why isn't there more of a demand for like basketball trainers or at least yeah. what what you, you know because like you yeah. go up to Rigby and like everyone and their dog is trying to find a basketball gym or a trainer or something you know yeah no I mean if you look at Idaho in general they're just a couple steps behind in everything <laughs> it's it's, it's literally everything it's not I guess not just training like 
it's just like you go to any big city or any other state and it's like dang they're they're kind of a little uh advanced than us they're a little <laughs> bit further ahead <laughs> whatever it is you know and like Idaho's always catching up with music or like just how <laughs> sports are played or you know it's it's just I, I honestly think they're just a little bit behind that way why that is really probably not, probably mean, population yeah probably population you probably look at montana and wyoming is probably the same so yeah yeah <laughs> but but i will say i will say there's basketball players no matter where you go yeah absolutely at, no matter where you go um I think that's like, so I, I don't know if I told you this. I just started to be a a junior high coach uh, for the local team here. Oh, you're serious. That's sick. Bro, it's, it's really funny because you got some kids that are like, they're, they're there to chill. You know, Mm -hmm. they're there because like their mom was like, hey, maybe we should try this out or whatever. And then you got Mm -hmm. the other kids that are like, I'm going to become an NBA player. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because like this town, there's less, less than 300 people here. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's that's a small town dynamic it for is, a basketball team. <laughs> it is tiny. It is tiny. But I got to say, like, we have at least 12, 13 kids. Wow. And it's it's, it's not a bad squad, dude. It's not a bad squad. They, uh, I, I think they're going to do pretty good. So I'll, I'll keep you tuned on that. But <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, I'd love to get into coaching. It's just kind of hard to – I don't want to affiliate myself with one school then it's just like conflicting because I don't want to be like coaching a couple of my students on one team and then playing against some of my other students. You know what I mean? Right, right. Try to get on the AAU scene maybe at some point. Then I can just bundle them all together from a couple different schools and coach. Hey, that, that's the way to go, dude. That's the way to go. I'd hey. like to get into that. It'd be fun. Because I, I get like to travel. Fun. Did you ever do AAU? I didn't like AU. I didn't even like know of AU when I was growing up, dude. Like, again, like here in Idaho, like there wasn't any AU teams in Idaho that I know of. Except for um, Idaho Elite. Is that what they were called? I don't even know, dude. Oh, man. I, I, like, I, was... I would play like in tournaments and stuff, like around yeah. here in Idaho Falls and Pocatello and stuff like that but i never got into actual like aau man did i wish i would have known you like however old we are long ago right <laughs> like down by marsh valley like literally just a bunch of us rival high school kids we just grouped together one of the, the dads squad. was the co- yeah we just pulled up a squad um it, it was tight it was tight man we went Believe to like it. salt lake and vegas and uh, I broke my jaw at one of the tournaments. It was lit, man. It was it was the funnest time, dude. I broke my jaw at is this guy from from New Jersey, just the New Jersey team, totally elite. You know, like yeah. I think a couple of them ended up in the G League. They all the rest of them went overseas or D one schools. Yeah, crazy athletes. Um, anyway, the ball's loose. Me and his, me and the six foot ten. 250 guy die for the ball and he just breaks my jaw with the shoulder oh bone. Oh my gosh. And so like a week later, I'm like, I have this um what do you call it? I guess braces, because they wired my jaw shut. And oh I had this whole gosh, like dude. headgear thing. It bro, it was it was pretty Awful. hot. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. 
Yeah, but basketball's a safe sport, though. For the most part. <laughs> most of the time. But most of the time. Not going with. Not going with. Depends how you play. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Depends how you play. Depends how you play. That's, that's, that's a good advice. Um. Oh, cool, bro. Cool. It's, it's good to catch up. Um, sure. like, like I said, it has been a minute. So, um, well, I, I texted you a little while ago, um, yeah. kind of about topics that you wanted to talk about. So you're kind of leaning onto the NBA. Um, it's kind of an exciting time for the league. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about with that? Um, I think, I think there's a lot we can learn from like this season from DeMar DeRozan. Okay. There's a lot we can learn from DeMar. Um, There's just so much going on and like people are just seeing him play like really well this season. And I don't think they really understand everything that's going on into like what, what's, what's all going on to make that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, I mean, recently, he just hit two buzzer beater threes win games. And I don't think that's ever been done before. Uh, ooh, ooh. Like back I think, to I, back. Think, I think you're right. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think Larry Bird did something close to it back in the eighties. I think, really? yeah, I think I saw a post, but it was like, it was back-to-back games, but there was like a two two-day gap or something okay. like that. Like, Demar was like, you know, one day he hits that one-legged three, and then nice the next day, day the very next day, less three. than twenty-four hours. Yeah, that that was nuts, man. That was nuts. I I got to watch the second game, and I was just like, what? You know? Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So okay, okay, so Demar, from from a trainer's perspective. Because you, you teach um, – that's, in a way, kind of your style of play, like a shooting guard, maybe a wing. You, you could play a wing. T- tell me about what you're seeing with that. Well, as far as a skill standpoint, I think one of the things that makes DeMar so effective is his mid-range game. Like, <clears throat> his mid-range game is dang near unmatched um, in the league right now. Yeah. If you have someone that can score at the three levels, like someone that can hit, like shoot threes, hit mid-range, and get to the basket, it uh, it makes every single one of those things more easy to do. Like when I like the times in my like basketball career when I've shot more mid-range, it's way more easy to get to the basket. It's a lot more easy to. Um, shoot threes and all those things just because they don't know what you're going to do. Like if it's just a, Oh, he shoots threes or he goes to the basket. The second you start driving, they know you're going to the basket. Yeah. You know, but if you're sitting there pulling up on mid ranges and they don't know, so it keeps that defender guessing, but um, that's one thing. Like when people are saying like the mid range is like gone and like, it's unnecessary or you get those um, guys saying, ah, just statistically, like it doesn't make sense for you to shoot mid range. Well, maybe for some guys, like 
But I think overall, you you have to keep that mid-range alive. I think it just, like I said, it makes the rest of the game easier for you. Definitely, definitely. Well, for you and for your teammates too, right? Because exactly. um, I remember watching DeMar in, in – I'm going to say it, Lebronto. <laughs> I had to say it. Um, but I, I remember watching that, that Raptors team – um, like 2016, 2017, 2018 against going against the Cavs. Um, I, I think DeMar struggled then to really, he's always been really good at the mid range, Mm -hmm. but I think he really struggled to embrace it. Yeah. You know, like ever since what, 2013, it's been a three point game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I might be a little off on that as far as like the years. Yeah, it's no. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's tough to say like what he I think he was still trying to like embrace his game, like you said, at that point, which like if you're not 100 percent all in on what like you do, then it becomes difficult to play well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, something else I just thought of too. Those two game winners, they were three pointers. I know. <laughs> they were three pointers. So we could get in on that. Like Demar, like he's been shooting relatively well, concerned like compared to the rest of his career, um, three point wise. But those are just tough shots. Like those aren't shots that like you're getting a lot of reps of. Like. How many reps do you think he's gotten a, a one-legged three like that? <laughs> like maybe he, just goofing 100 around. 100 a day. <laughs> you know, he maybe just goofing around. You know, how many reps is he getting of, like, a contested three like that? Yeah. Well, Honestly, yeah, against two defenders right in your face. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he's not getting a lot of reps like that. And so, like, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is that dude is in the zone. He's literally like he's in a situation where he's in the zone and um, there's so much that goes into getting into the zone. Like you hear people talk about getting into the zone and what that is. And it's just like, I don't know, man, it's just a very calm state where like you don't have to think. And it's just like I post this on Instagram, like after he hit the first one and I said something like something about instincts and when you're able to get into the zone, then you're just straight relying on like your subconscious and your instincts. Like you don't even have to think about what you're doing. Like he wasn't thinking there. He just said, saw like how much time was on the clock and his instincts are, I need to put this in the basket. And that's what happened. Yeah. So he wasn't like thinking about like what went into that shot or anything. He just had to put it in. And there's been like quite a few different like situations or like other shots from other players that have been that way. Like <clears throat> a couple that come to mind is um, I can't remember if it was in the finals or the Eastern Conference Finals when LeBron hit that like crazy like fadeaway floater to the left. Oh, like oh. he practices that. Was that was that against the Raptors? It, it do, do you remember? Been, it very well could have been. I don't oh, think that was. But, like, you think he, like, gets 
tons of reps that shot? No. <laughs> no. no. In fact, I, I've, was... I've seen him try to do that same exact floater again, and it, it frankly doesn't look pretty. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a dude that is locked in and is in the zone and just thinks, I got to put this in the basket. Okay, another shot I think of is Kobe. I can't remember if he was in the finals or Eastern Conference finals. Similar situation where he gets he gets really far under the basket and like he throws up like this crazy, like I don't know, yeah. if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I yeah, yeah. I, I've never seen anybody shoot a shot like that since. Like, you think he practices that? No, that's just a man that's locked in in the zone and things. I gotta put this in the basket. So, anyways, like going back to DeMar and like just the zone. There's so many things that go into, like, getting into the zone like that. So, man, I don't even know where to start. But well, how, about, how, how about this? How about this? So, this podcast is, is for the students of the game, right? For sure. whether, whether we're a coach, whether you're a, a student, um, I guess an athlete, but whatever, you know. Um, speak as if, as if you're in a training session. Yeah, for sure. Just, just, just kind of. I, I just want to see you go off, man. I'll, I'll just shut up. I'll, I'm, I'm shutting up. I just want to see you go off. It's all you, bro. So I mean, there's so many things, like I said, that go into like getting into the zone, and that's one thing. Like I'm learning, I'm learning how to teach kids how to get there. I mean, there's different levels of the zone. Um, like the best games you probably ever had. Like, you're just so locked in. Like, I don't think it's possible to get to that point every single game. But I do think it's possible to get into a zone where you're just in control. Like, you're in control of your emotions, your thoughts. Like, you're locked in. You're just focused. And you're very present. You're very present with what's going on right there and then. We're not worried about the future, whether we're down by two, three, whatever. Like, you're just worried about what you need to do right there and then, and you don't care about what's happened in the past. Where too many athletes, they get worried, well, yo, I missed the past three threes, so I'm not going to shoot this one. Or, yo, we're down by 15 and there's two minutes left. You see this so much, bro. So like a team's down by, let's say down by 10 and there's two minutes left. You can come back from 10 in literally 30 seconds, 30 to 45 seconds. You could come back by 10. Like if you're just smart, maybe I'll be, I'll be um, conservative and say, we'll go a minute and you have two minutes left. You could come back by 10. That's That's three possessions. You're in the game. Yeah. Elite defense and smart shots. But you'll see these guys that they'll just come down and they're like, they panic. They'll panic and they'll just hurry up and start chucking up three after three. Where if they take a second and get in like three passes, like three, someone drives, kick, pass, you know, then you're getting a lot better shot where they come down and they panic and they throw up these bad shots. So that is a situation where they're not present. They're stuck in the future thinking, about the 10 points that they have to cover instead of, all right, we need a a good bucket. We need a smart bucket right here. And then the next possession, all right, we need another good bucket right here. And just thinking about that bucket they have to get right there and not the couple after. So 
that's part of it is like student, like athletes is pretty common. They get stuck into what's happened and they let that define the rest of the game or they're worried about what's to come or what needs to happen because they're down by whatever, by so much. Okay. So that's a big part of like getting in the zone is just staying um, very present with where you're at, not letting the before or after um, affect how you're playing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so being present and then I guess control, is that a good word? Okay. Yeah. The control is a huge part because you see so many times where um, like people will say, man, there's so much energy at that game. Um, and, and I would beg to differ to, and call it emotion. There's a lot of emotion at that game. Um, and you'll see like players, they get like, they'll go on a run and everybody's hyped. The players are hyped. But how, how long does a good run last? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'll go on a run for maybe <clears throat> what, like half a quarter. And then like that emotion doesn't like emotion doesn't last the entire game. Like they're not hyped the whole game. Every single time someone, they go on an emotional run, it's going to stop at some point. What goes up must come down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when I'm like, I don't know about you, but when I was in like my game that I think of when I was locked in, like just absolutely locked in, I didn't celebrate at all. Zero celebration. And I was, going off like this is a the competitive league on campus which is like it's a good league did you ever play in the competitive league i i never did i always wanted to it's a good league like tryouts and the draft and everything anyways like i we were playing against a team that ended up winning it they were stacked and um for whatever reason i got locked in that game i had seven threes in the first half all off the dribble like contested and like step back threes like that it was insane like okay, I, I even like some turnaround step back like it was some crazy stuff bro and i didn't celebrate after one of them and that's how i was able to stay locked in because i was able to stay neutral emotionally i wasn't getting too attached to what was happening on in, in the game and so um that's a big part. And you'll see, like, if you watch some of the greats, like if you watch Damian Lillard, how, man, how often is that man celebrating after shots? Not until the game is over. Like, if he hits a buzzer beater, he might celebrate a little bit. You got that game time. But, like, you you can see, like, he's very, like, neutral emotionally. The same thing with Michael. Like, he wasn't, like, celebrating, like, in the middle of the game. You know, Kobe. He's that same way, like he doesn't get, wouldn't get super emotional. And so because that they're able to stay consistent, when you get emotional, it's the same thing like basketball and in life. If you're emotional, if you're like get too high, then you're going to drop. You're going to get too low at some point. And so kind of getting an understanding of that. Um, and I mean, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. Um, it takes it takes practice for sure, because like I was one where like I'd get high and then like I also get I, my lows were really low, like right, right. Are like playing bad. Then I like take too much meaning off of like I'm missing those shots. And then in my head, I'm a sucky basketball player and a horrible person. 
Like I don't, I'll have words because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I said, it's it takes a lot of work, and and again, like you just have to be consistent with it and and learn from each and every experience. So I think like Demar is going back to Demar. He's gotten a pretty good control of his emotions. Like he looks very calm and collected when he plays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, actually. It's, it's interesting because I watched the Bulls recently. I can't remember who they played. But I was watching DeMar, and I was watching the rest of his teammates, like Kobe White, uh, Levine. I can't – I don't think um, – what's his face? I want to say LaMelo, but it's not LaMelo. What's his name? Come on. Um, you're talking about Lonzo. Lonzo. There it is. Like – I, I was watching them play, and I just realized how slow DeMar plays. Mm-hmm. He, he takes his time, man. He He's does. not in any way. He don't care about no shot clock. He don't care about any of the defense, what they're doing. He's just like, I'm going to get to my spot. I'm going to take my I'm going to take my time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that Do you think that plays a part in just like his emotions, his control? I think so. Like he's just he knows what he like. He knows what his strengths are, you know, and he knows what he does. And so he's not like he's just not in a hurry. He knows he can get to his spot at any time in the mid range. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You can literally get to your spot like nearly every time. So that's he's like he understands that's his game and he's um, embraced it. And so um he's able to do that. But like, if you look at somebody, if they're worried about you getting to the basket, people like don't realize this, but a lot of times you can literally just dribble up slow and keep pushing your defender back, keep pushing your defender back and then make one quick move, whether it's trying to go to the basket or trying to get off your mid range. But he's just, he's learned a lot. Like he's a grinder. Like he is a big fan of Kobe. I mean, you can see that in his game, Easy. Uh, but he, he puts in the work and I think, like not everybody in the game and it's becoming more common where guys are working a lot more in the off season. Like, like pretty much everybody has a trainer at this point. Um, But I think he's, he's put in a lot of work. I think he also learned a lot in San Antonio um, playing for pop. I think he, he actually, they had him running the point guard. I don't know if you knew, but he ran the point guard a lot. In San Antonio? (laughs) He did. Yeah. Really? Because right yeah, now so. he's like a power – small forward, power forward? Yeah. I mean, that whole team is small forwards. They're all two threes. <laughs> Pretty I mean, We can get into that. But he, uh, I think he learned a lot in just like playing the point guard. I think it opened his eyes to some things and probably slowed the game down a little bit for him. Yeah. Most likely. But that's just, uh, that's just a guess. Huh. So – I want to kind of rewind just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So just talking about how DeMar is, his control of the game, his, mm-hmm. I guess, control of his emotions. You mentioned something on, like, how it's difficult to achieve that. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of want you to maybe give us a blueprint of, like, how we, how I could achieve that, how 
anyone yeah. could like what, so, and the thing is if demar can do it like i mean i i, I don't have like uh i can't read minds and i can't like 100 percent step in somebody's shoes but like if demar can do it like anybody can do it um i don't know if you remember but demar came out in like 2018 or 19 and talked about like how he deals with like depression and just kind of like mental illness that way I didn't know um, that. I only know of like Kevin Love, I think that came yeah, out. Yeah, Kevin that, Love but... was also another one. I think there's been other people since that have come out and talked about it. Um, but dealing with that stuff, it makes it a lot harder to be able to control your emotions. I feel like you know, <clears throat> on and off the court, and so it it's been impressive to see. You know, he not only has he been working on his game, but you I don't know like what he's done but I can guarantee he spent a significant amount of time on his mind um on working on that so that you know he can still perform his best I mean there are some people that are able to just like leave everything behind when they step out on the court like it doesn't matter what's going on like like a Kobe <laughs> like a Kobe like it doesn't matter what's going on like in his life like he can just he steps on the court and it leaves it all behind like I envy those people because I'm not that way. I don't yeah. like. I, I don't know if it's something that can be developed. Cost probably, um, and some people I think it comes more natural to. But in general, like for me, like if I got a lot of crap going on in my life, like it is very hard for me to stay like emotionally neutral in the game. Like it takes less and less for me to get pissed off and explode, whether it's at like a ref or a teammate or whatever it is, like it's hard to do that. So the steps that kind of like get into that is you have to, man, there's a lot, but my biggest thing is you have to be, I was, no, the biggest thing is you have to like disconnect your worth from your performance on the basketball court. That's the biggest I, thing. I think we talked about this last time, right? Possibly. We may have mentioned Poss it. Bro, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've copied and pasted exactly what you just said to the kids I've been working with. Because it, it's so That's true. It. It's so true. Like, I, 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 I guess I just love how you just put it into words. Mm -hmm. I just love how you put it into words because it's not, it's not that easy to realize when you're a player. What, when yeah. you're in the middle of a game, your, 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 you know, your friends and family are in the stands, are all cheering for you to do your very, very best, yeah. and you're always expected to do your very, very best, especially, not not to disrespect role players, but especially if you're like the main guy, mm -hmm. you know, because you got that weight, and oh, that yeah. weight is gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Yeah. Um, it's true. No, that's. That's great insight. That's great. Yeah. Cause like, like, I mean, it's been bad. Like I've been a real bad, like example of that, where like, that's essentially been my belief is like, I got my self-worth like came down to whether I was making or missing shots. And mm -hmm. like, I think we did talk about it last time where like, even like if I was playing pickup, just pick up basketball and like, I didn't play very well one night like that would sometimes eat at me for a week you know that's just oh, pick easy up. easy that's just pick up basketball and so 
like, and even still, like, I've had games, like, within the last year where I just played so bad, and essentially, like, I had attached, like, my performance to my worth as, like, a human being, but then now it's, like, I attach it to, yo, maybe I'm not even good enough to be a trainer. No, that's what it comes mm. to now, because, like, people, everybody knows, like, I'm a trainer. You know, sometimes I have students come watch me, and if I play, like, crap, I'm, like, it's almost like embarrassing. It's like, yo, maybe I'm not good enough to be a trainer and train these kids. Like I just like, that was embarrassing, like how I just played. So being able to like separate that and be able to be like, yo, like the only way that I like actually lose or like I'm not going to benefit from this game is if I don't learn from it. So instead of attaching like, perfectionism to the game and like attaching that to our self-worth it's like yo i'm here to play the game because one i love it and having gratitude for the game um that's huge and then two we're not there to be perfect perfect we're there to learn and that was one thing that kobe's talked about a lot is how he had approached the game to learn every single time like no matter if it was practice or game, whatever, each time um, he was trying to learn whether he played good or bad, you know, it didn't matter. He was trying to learn from it to get better every single day. And so having that focus of I'm here to learn instead of like attaching everything else, like I'm only here to win, like I'm only here, like whatever it is, uh, having that shifted focus can help you honestly like it takes pressure off it takes pressure off it really does if you're there, just there to learn and like to like obviously do your best like the effort should always be there but as long as you have that effort there and it's there you're there to learn then you like you never actually lose and that's the same thing like in life like if you're just approaching every single day like what and you look back at it, like you made your mistakes, whatever it was, if you just look back and be like, yo, what can I learn from this? And if you do something on that and you take action steps, then like it's that day wasn't really a loss because you're able to learn something. And if you're in situations where like you don't learn, like things are just given to you, like whether it's money or like whatever it is, then you're not going to really grow. And that's what I, in my personal opinion is this life you're here to learn and grow and to like better yourself every single day and I think if you have that same approach to basketball there's less pressure you're just naturally going to be more successful you should write a book <laughs> low-key low-key you should write a book I want to one day that yeah yeah you know I, I'm sure someone at some point in my past told me something like that blankety blank blank i, I don't want to swear but blankety blank blank i wish i would have listened <laughs> yeah right because i mean yeah i don't have much to comment on that that's that's pretty thorough that's pretty thorough yeah i mean it's good stuff and like i think damar is just like i think he like he's embraced that and he's found he has two little girls and he's found his value in like being their father 
And like, he talks about like, yo, no matter what happens, like in the game or like with basketball, with anything at the end of the day, like I have my family and I have my girls. And so he's found like, that's, that's what's most important. You know, like he gets his value there and just like his self-worth just as a human being, I think he understands like he has self-worth and it is not contingent on anything else, like the values there. And that's one thing I also talk about with my students is literally no matter what you do on the court or in life, your value holds the same. Like it literally doesn't change. Like nobody can change your value as a human being. So um, I think he understands that. And like I said, he's finding value and like, being a father to his daughters and that's what's most important to him so at this point he plays the game because he loves it and it's a blessing for him to do so like he gets to play the game that he loves he gets to make money at it he gets to support his his family um but he knows at the end of the day like no matter what happens with basketball like his he still has his girls and so like, I think that's very important for people to understand is like, um, at the end of the day, like, you're still going to be okay. Like, you're going to be okay. No matter what happens on the basketball court, um, you're going to be fine. And I, like, I recently had a student that lost someone close to them. And um, they, like, they've been grinding, like, working very hard. And, like, fast after that happened, um, basketball, like, felt like it's like it wasn't such a big deal anymore. Yeah. So, like, sometimes we get humbled like that to like gain that kind of perspective. So, it's better if you can do it without being humbled and with like a scenario like that, where if you can just like develop that perspective um, without like something like severe happening to you, it's always it's easier that way. Um, so like with Damar, um, understanding that I think has been a huge component into why he's playing so well right now is because he's been able to detach those things that we've been talking about. So that, those are the um, a couple of the things. Um, the other thing that I wanted to get into with Damar is his situation, man. His situation with the Bulls, and I'll, I'll be the Ooh. first man, when I saw Demar going to play with the Bulls. I was like, "What are they doing? What are they doing?" Uh, bro, I can't remember if it was like Stephen A. Smith or uh, well, Max Kellerman, one of those guys. Um, but they're like the Zach Levine and Demar are the same player. Yeah, and and at the time. At face value, I was like, yeah, I mean, they, they play the same position. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. But when they're on the same team, oh, they're they're completely different. Yeah. They, they are like, completely different. When they were making trades, I was seriously like, what are they doing? Like, they literally got, like, four of the same – like, they got Kobe White, and then they have, you know, Zach Levine, then they got yeah. Lamar, and then they got Alex Caruso, and then they got Lonzo Ball. I'm like, yo, they all play the two. Guard, 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 guard. <laughs> thinking like and like there's tons like there's things that came out that was like the worst like signings or worst trades yes yeah. bleacher report All came season, out damar was number one <laughs> it's Demar laughable now it's laughable oh, now it's crazy but like either they 
knew what they were doing when they did all those trades or they got lucky. I don't know which one it is. I would like to think like they're professionals and they had like a good game plan. But um, the thing I see is they got a bunch of dope dudes, just like every yeah. single one of those guys are good dudes. Like you almost have like the dynamic of like what the Warriors have had. Just that healthy, okay. like a, a really healthy um, spot where guys can come in and they can feel comfortable. They can feel comfortable with who they are. They know that they're wanted, which is huge. Like, I think a huge part of also like getting into the zone is like being in the right situation makes it so much easier. Being so much easier. If you're in the right spot, um, like you're wanted, like they wanted DeMar. Like they paid a decent, they paid 85 million for three years for DeMar. So it's like, yo, they want me here. And that's- Wow, a- I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, that, that's a huge thing as a player to feel wanted and like, yo, they want me here for me, you know? Well, yeah, it's the same with like Caruso too, right? Absolutely. The the Lakers didn't even match it, right? They're like, no, you're not worth that much. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, you know, we, we don't know right. the, the ins and outs of the trades, but oh. but I, I from from just a, a fan's perspective – Mm-hmm. Right, I I watch Chicago play. I've only watched like five of their games this year. Yeah, old games. I obviously we watch highlights, but you can see how hard they play on defense. Oh, they're a bunch of dogs, bro. And, and Demar's not dogs. a defensive player. No, you know Zach. Yeah, he's he's okay, but yeah, I mean they they brought in Lonzo, Kobe White. Um, I'll give Kobe White his credit. Um, yeah. Caruso, obviously, these guys are dogs, and they they are. They are they are elevating that culture. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are making it beyond what I ever thought was possible a few years ago as, as far as as far as that's concerned. But I, I will say I, I wanna pick your brain a little bit. All right. I don't like Nikola Vucevic on that team. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know that. I don't know. It's kind of tough with the system that they're playing because it's a very much run and gun system. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard to fit in that way as a big. Well, like he lately, if I remember, it's like the past five or six games, he's actually been playing pretty good statistically. Yeah. Um, And he's been doing pretty average on defense. I'm going to give him his credit, but. As far as like, I mean, like, I'm not even a Chicago fan. I'm a Clippers fan, but like, I want Chicago mm. to to win. Like, I, I kind of want oh, them absolutely. to get a ring, you know? <laughs> you know, like, I do. I do. see this, see this underdog success is pretty sweet. But in, in my humble opinion, I do think that someone like Vucevic, as talented as he is, he he is a little bit of a cripple in how that that flow, how that flow goes, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think they kind of they had the right idea. They wanted somebody that could like set picks and like pop out for threes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that's what they why they got him is that so they like he could try to like keep up in their run and gun system and be able to hit threes because like that's I think that's their biggest weakness is playing defense on bigs. 
That's what they have the hardest. Oh, easy, time. easy. Well, like, and and then I start thinking, like, you know, a few months from now when we hit like what May, um, when did the playoffs start? April, May. Somewhere around there. I don't even know. <laughs> different. It was different last year, so. I, yeah, honestly, since since 2020, I'm kind of all confused and jabogled. But, um, like when they play Cleveland, mm-hmm. that's like I mean, talk about complete opposites. You know, yeah. the Bulls are just a bunch of guards, a bunch of six foot five to six foot seven guards, and then you got Cleveland; they're all seven foot one. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. how, how how does that work? Like, how could you? There's a very good chance to get matched up in the first or second round too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I think it'd be smart for the. I don't even like. I haven't even watched uh, like many full games this this year, just because like same time I'm training is the same time when the games are. So usually I like try to catch the highlights and stuff. So I haven't got to see them play like a ton. I've just like I said, watch highlights. But I think it'd be smart for them to pick up just like a a backup big that can like, they don't even need them to be able to score. They just need them to be able to play defense. Yeah. I don't know if they have somebody on their bench, like as a backup big, but uh, I think they, they traded everyone away to get DeMar and to get yeah. everyone else. They need like a, they need like a JaVale McGee, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. A McGee or a Jarrett yeah. Allen. Um, Something like that, a, a, a slim giant. Yeah. <laughs> a slim giant. Like would be good for them, for sure. Yeah, I I love Chicago. I, I love watching them. Um, I kind of wanted to ask your opinion, um, since we're on the topic of just the NBA. What do you think of Giannis? Um, and be completely honest, like just be as transparent as you possibly can. Yeah, no, I honestly haven't been a super big fan. Um, he did work a lot on his shot this off season, which I was like, it's about time. Um, but he's just an athletic freak of nature. And so like he used that. I mean, it, if you watch him play, you can almost predict everything he's going to do. Like, he literally hits a cross jab, and if he doesn't get around you, he hits a cross jab to a spin and tries to dunk it every time. His but, his um, Mr. Elastic Arms will just <laughs> get there. I haven't been a huge fan. Like, I don't know why he hasn't spent more time, like, with – someone to help him with like post moves and stuff because mm. if he could post up on the block dude that would i don't that would be very difficult to stop yeah but, i haven't ever thought of that that's that's a good point like he never he never like posts up ever so that i don't that's a piece that he could add to his game that would help him get a lot more easy buckets but i was impressed this how this season like he's been shooting a lot better shooting a lot more and he's added that to his game i mean i respect him because like i know he grinds mm-hmm. i know he works and stuff i just um i don't know it's kind of frustrating to watch him sometimes but yeah a little 
I like right after they won the championship, I I was about ready to like do a YouTube live stream, be like, yo, he is the best player in the league. You can't not tell me he's not better than Durant. He's not better than LeBron. Like he is the guy. And then you come down off of climb nine a little bit. And mm-hmm. then I'm just like, I don't know. He did play phenomenal. I mean, like, like I said, just because of his athleticism and like his body, like what, like he's seven feet tall and his wingspan is who knows what, like, mm. He's just a freaking nature, and so because of that, he can do so much. You know, he yeah. impact, he did play phenomenal in the finals, but like I guess I would just say like I'm just not a big fan of his game. So I, I might I don't know if you would consider this a hot take, but if if you think I'm stupid right now, like <laughs> like bro, like you chastise me or whatever. So I've been thinking, okay, all right. I think that not in the style of how they play, mm-hmm. but how they impact the game. I think Giannis is comparable to Kobe Bryant. Wait, in what way? The the two-way punch of you can't stop him on offense, and he's gonna kill you on defense. And it's different, right? I, I don't I don't want anyone out there to think <laughs> Jay thinks that Giannis is Kobe Bryant. What? No, 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 no. But basically, I I think that like like 2010, 2009, 2010, or early 2000s even. Who cares? Kobe was an animal, a freak, and he would he would get you on offense. He 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 dunk on you, and on the on the very next possession or on the returning possession. He he he'd steal the ball. You know you know what I mean. He, he was really clamps. Right, right. He clamp up. He's a two way gun. I he can't tell me the same thing is not true about Giannis. He, it's different, right? He, he can't face guard too well, but like, I mean, <sighs> I can't say that I'm with you on that. Ah! I mean, you can't like. He ain't, he ain't gonna score like Kobe, like. like no, it's be, like no, I'm not even saying like he's not even scoring the same way, obviously. But like, he's not. He, I don't think he like strikes fear in his opponent's eyes every single time he has the ball on offense. Ah, uh, he's not a killer. He's not even a closer, right? Because that's what Middleton and Drew Holiday are for. Mm-hmm. I would argue Grayson Allen too because I like Grayson Allen. Um, but you can't tell me that coaches and teams are sweating in preparation to play Milwaukee because they oh. know they know you. I mean, you, they know that he's going to do that stupid spin or that little jab drive, and he's going to get twenty nine. Yeah, I just don't think you can put him on any same page as Kobe. Uh, <laughs> that's a bad take, though. That's a bad take. I'm sticking with it, but but I, I, I can. It, it is. It is. Well, it's kind of a far stretch, you know, but I had this epiphany last night. I was just like, it's like, huh, maybe, maybe that might be true, but 
I don't know. He needs to win four more championships in order for that to even be comparable, I guess. So <laughs> I I don't think I don't even think he'll win another one. You don't? No, they got lucky last year, I think. Really? Well, I guess with um, KD, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. If yeah. they had their team, it wouldn't even have been close. Yeah, even just Kyrie or a healthy James Harden. What do you think of Harden so far, by the way? I'm just picking your brain. I lost you a little bit on that. What did you say? Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. That was the only time I've done that. What What do you think of uh, Harden lately, by the way? Um, I think he's starting to adjust. I think with the rule changes, like he was like he didn't he didn't even know what to do with himself a little bit there for a minute. <laughs> he struggled. Everybody saw that he was struggling, and they started to question his game. But and like I said, I haven't been able to watch a lot. But I've noticed that, like, he has been doing better and he has been adapting to the new rule changes and things like that. I mean, any man that's smart enough to do what he did to the NBA is going to be smart enough to figure it out another way. You know what I mean? Like, he literally changed the NBA there for a few years with what he was doing, like, how smart he was being to draw fouls, like, driving to the basket and, like, out of the three-point line, like, he literally yeah. got a foul called whenever he wanted. And that was, like, yeah, like, as much as people didn't like it, it was freaking smart. Like, Dude, it was freaking smart. I I watched um, a condensed game. I don't remember when. It was, it was when he was with Houston. But I, w- I was watching the game, and it was so slow-paced because every other possession was a foul. And a free throw. And I, I just realized, like, James Harden didn't even have to be in shape. No. Like, he, he literally could have been eating Little Caesars and then walk on the court and drop 35. That's, that's low-key how For it real. was. For real. It's true. It's, it's just crazy. And now, like you said, obviously he had to get his legs under him. He had to come back from the injury and mm-hmm. deal with the rule changes and stuff. But Which, by the way, with the rule change, I, I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. I hated that freaking crap out at the three-point line where the guy would jump into his defender. I'm like, that's an offensive foul. What are you talking about? Yeah. Defense is ridiculous. But, yeah, like I was saying, like any man that can, like, freaking pull that and completely change the NBA like that, he's going to – he'll adapt. I mean, the the man can hoop. Oh, yeah. Do you think he's better than KD? No. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. Yeah, no, KD's phenomenal, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, I think if I was going to take him, I don't know, dude. I'd really like to see Curry on another team to see mm. what he's capable of then, like then because, I don't know, he did, like, what, last season he didn't really have the same team and he, and he still performed really well. Um, but Katie is able to do what he does on any team. It doesn't matter his situation. Like he can go and play his game no matter what. He doesn't need any, like he doesn't need anybody to help him to like, like set screens. He doesn't need anybody to like, he doesn't need any offense designed for him. Just give him the ball and get out of the way. And he can give you consistent buckets every single game. So when people say, like, oh, Curry's better than KD, it's hard for me to say that. I think KD's top five to ever do it. So 
Really? You think that high? I think so. Wow. As far as as far as skill and what he's able to do, yeah, I think so. Honestly, I mean, talk about the mid-range game. Yeah, he's another mid-range killer, dude. And what's what's even funnier is like he. I don't think KD has really changed his style of play. No. Since he was in, uh, was it, since he was a Longhorn. Yeah. You know, he he's just been that slimmery bird that'll that'll shoot that fifteen footer elbow jump shot all day every day, and he's only yeah. gotten better. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, KD's tough, man. I really like KD. Just trying to think. Um, I don't even want to get in the topic of KD or LeBron. I'm just I'm tired of asking people that. So, <laughs> well, actually, I'll play with it. What, 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 who would you take? Like a prime KD um, or a prime LeBron? Let's go back to 2010. Well, that's like that. I mean, you can just. I just think LeBron is the most impactful player to ever play the game. Like so you take LeBron. I take LeBron like. <laughs> I'd take LeBron over MJ. Like, Whoa, really? Yeah, just because, like, like obviously, Michael Jordan is more skilled. He's more skilled, for sure. Like, well, I don't think that's in question. But just someone's ability to impact the entire game, offense, defense, as a leader, everything that LeBron brings, I don't think there's a player that's been able to – that has the same amount of impact. Now you could say like, you can still say Michael's the goat, whatever. But like, as far as a player who has the most impact by himself on a single game, I don't think you can. I don't think you can argue with LeBron, just because with like his body, his build, his athleticism, his like he can, he's literally playing the center right yeah, now. Yeah, bro. He can play yeah. any position. Like I just don't I don't know how you can argue with the freak of nature that he is and what he's able to do. So Bro, like literally every single person that talks about basketball in the past two weeks, I'ma say it. He's thirty seven and he's averaging twenty eight. Which is insane. Absolutely insane. Which like Tim Duncan, I remember when he was thirty eight, he was like benched. <laughs> I don't even remember, but <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like no one cared. No one cared. Yeah. Uh, Dirk, maybe. I I don't even know who else. I guess Kareem back in the late '80s, but yeah, he just got that hook, you know. Yeah, no, ain't nobody done it like LeBron, man. I don't know <laughs> that anybody ever will, honestly. I I, I have to agree with you, unless some. Angel kisses some athlete on the forehead when they're a baby, and they're just yeah, some, like it's just nuts, man. It's just nuts. Cause like Zion was kind of supposed to be like like a LeBron kind of guy, but like look at Zion. I'm not a big fan of Zion, bro. I I think I saw this on your social media. Like you're talking about John Morant. Oh, I would have taken John Morant. I was yeah. saying that before the like before the draft. I was like, yo, I would take Jaw first. I would take him first just because, like, I saw I saw who he was, and that boy is a dog. Like, mm. I, like I watched him play in college. Absolute dog. And, like, I knew he was a grinder. Like, he wasn't going to stop working. 
and just like his body type, I knew he'd be able to play forever. Like he's not going to have, I knew that Zion was going to get plagued with injuries once he got into the NBA schedule and that lifestyle. Like I just knew it was going to happen. So people thought I was stupid for that. I think a lot of people would agree with me now. There's still a couple that are still on the, the Zion train, but hey, you um, can you can flex you can flex a little bit. It's all right. So yeah, I'm <laughs> proud of that hot take, I guess. <laughs> you know, as as much as I enjoyed Zion, I loved watching him in college, man. Oh yeah, like, college and high school. Bro, he was ball, ball is life highlights, dude. Like, yeah, I mean that that was fun, but. I, I can't get over the the commercials he's in, and and he looks like I don't even know I don't even I don't want to be insulting man like it's just it's just bad bro it's just bad I I legit I can't say it because I don't want to be insulting but it's disappointing. Yeah, no, like, I think like, I think everybody's disappointed. I'm sure right. the Pelicans are really disappointed. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Enough about Zion. Okay, I gotta wrap this up. Um, but before before we go, before we go, yeah. Um, to the listeners, to the viewers, what's some advice that you would give them? Um, a big thing that I'm going to be working on this year is um, trusting my instincts more, like those gut feelings, those those ideas, those feelings that you get in your head of like what you feel like you should be doing um, in situations with your life, whatever. It's just entrusting, trusting my instincts. And I think that like with how busy life is these days and just how much influence is thrown at everybody from every angle, whether it's friends, parents, social media, there's so much external influence um, coming at everybody that it's hard to understand who you are and like what you actually want to do. So whether you need to like get away from everything, uh, people need to be able to spend more time on their own. Like when I get away from my hometown and able to just have some space and stuff away from people. That's when I have the most clarity of like what I want to do with my life, with my goals, um, everything that way. So my uh, advice or challenge to everybody would be to try to get yourself in a mindset or a state of mind where you can hear those instincts. You can feel those instincts again and be true to them because they are who you are, like at your core. And there's a saying that in order to have what you really want, you must first be who you really are. And so following those instincts and being able to be in a place where like you can feel those and hear those things. Um, that's going to get you to ultimately what you want in this life and what you want to be. So instincts, instincts. instincts and following those. So I'm, I'm about to do that. All right. I'm about to do that. 
Hold me accountable. Text me. I'm, I'm with <laughs> it, bro. I'm with it. Yeah, let me know how it goes. Bet. Bet. All right, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I got to bounce. But um, everyone who's listening, everyone who is watching on YouTube, uh, check my boy out. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, Desmond Miles, uh, Miles Hoops Academy. Is that right? Uh, Miles Hoop Academy. Yeah. Hoop Academy. I always mess it up. I always mess it up. Um, uh, I'll, I'll put a tag. I'll put a tag it uh, down in the the comments there, or whatever for uh, yes, sir. YouTube. I appreciate um, it, man. Yeah, buddy. You have a good day. Um, stay in touch. All right. We'll get you back on. Okay. Sounds good, bro. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to Jim Red J Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you guys like this episode, um, just give us a five-star review. Uh, give us comments. Let, let us know what you want to hear. Um, if you guys aren't aware, I am in the works of... Well, not in the works. I'm starting a YouTube channel pretty quickly here. So you'll start to see some clips um, going out on YouTube, a little bit on TikTok here soon. So stay tuned for that as well. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time.